Hello Gen X, welcome back to the water cooler and welcome to season two of the Gen X water cooler podcast. It's good to have you back and today we're going to switch things up a little bit. We are not going to wallow in the news of the day like we have for quite a while. It's been a a nonsensical year, but we're going to switch gears a little bit uh, today. We're going to talk about some generational differences. Now, why this is, and, and at uh, my work this past week, uh, we've we have some regular uh, seminars from the the diversity and inclusion team, and you know, most of them are a lot of woke nonsense. But this past week, um, for a change, there one that was actually kind of interesting, and this one in particular talked about uh, bridging the generational divide, and the speaker who who was presenting made some very salient points and I took some copious notes and I think that you will find a lot of what he said interesting and I hope I can do uh, it justice and 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 that you can come away with at least some of 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 the uh, interest that I did now first things first as far as a quick overview of things that he talked about and no surprising in his opening he started talking about the millennials and then the boomers, of course, and then he was talking about some Gen Z. It took him quite a while to even mention Gen X, much less say it. Uh, and I just thought that was kind of funny. There's no real point to it, but it just kind of hit, hit home that we are, of course, the Jan Brady of generations. But the... He, he was talking about a number of different qualities and, of course, defining the generations. And he was talking about the difference between chronological age versus experience. And I thought that was a, a very good point because most of the time we tend to define the generations by you know those who were born from this year to this year and so on. But there's a lot of bleed over in between those uh, you know generation timelines. If you're born at on the latter part of of one uh, generation, you're on the cusp of another. There's a little bit of a you know bleed over as far as some of that goes. And I, he he mentioned that he he thought it tended to be experience. I tend to think it's probably more the generation that your parents belong to as much as anything. Uh, for example, you know, we Gen Xers, by and large, our parents were part of the silent generation. You know, they didn't necessarily fight in World War II. And, you know, they were they were kids during that time. Um, and they weren't baby boomers either. And the baby boomers, by and large, uh, raised the millennials. Now, there are some, you know, baby boomers who, you know, they were they were shagging young and, and having having kids early and, and there are some you know late gen Xers who had baby boomer parents and so you know they tend to be a little bit more uh, relatable to millennials and, and so again there was this whole this dichotomy between chronological age and experience again I, I think it tends to be uh, a little bit more of you know who your parents were and, and how how you were raised that probably defines you a little bit more than the chronological age, but again, if if you feel that you identify more as a Gen Xer, and you're born in you know in the early '80s or what have you, I fine. You, I'm I'm not going to necessarily argue uh, on that. You you can define yourself how, however uh, you feel and and what you relate to more. 
Um, another interesting point that he made was actually about only children. And he, he said that only children tend to be a little bit out of sync with their peers in in their generation. The reason being is because you know only children tend to spend most of their time around adults. And so they tend to be involved in conversations that are not necessarily geared towards kids, whereas kids who have uh, siblings are are, playing with other kids and spending more time around other kids than adults. So he, as he said, the only children tend to be a little bit of of an old soul and probably identify a little bit more towards you know, generations that are before them just a bit. Um, not perfect all the time, but I, I thought that was certainly something that uh, was interesting. Another interesting point that he made was uh, just to think about that a third of children today will live to be 100. And just based on age trends and, and life expectancies, I thought that was kind of interesting. Good news for our kids. I'm sure we Gen Xers aren't necessarily disappointed that we would live to be 100. I don't know that that's necessarily for a lot of folks, a lot of you know, high quality of life once you get into your mid to late 90s and 100s. But, you know, if there's anybody who would wear 100 well, I think it's us Gen Xers. Now, the last kind of high point that he made was about uh, you know the generations that they tend to not get along with adjacent uh, generations. So we Gen Xers tend to butt heads a bit with the boomers and millennials. Millennials tend to identify well with boomers, but butt heads with Gen X and Gen Z and so on. And we Gen Xers tend to identify more with Gen Z. Again, I think for the most part, Gen Z tends to be children of Gen X. And so there's probably some symmetry there. But again, interesting point that I thought he made. Okay, so those are some of the high points that that he made. I thought they were very interesting to touch on and kind of lay the groundwork of uh, his presentation. But First, he, he talked about uh, the changing the change f- as from generation to generation of the stage in life of em- emerging adults, you know, and he defined that as you know a rite of passage in society. So he, he, he asked the question: When <clears throat> would each generation have considered themselves, when they look back on it, that they were adults? Boomers, by and large. Um, say they they felt like an adult when they were 18. Uh, we Gen Xers <clears throat> tended to feel like we were adults when we were 21. Millennials uh, is age 30 and Gen Z is still kind of up in the air. So it's kind of an interesting point I, I thought that uh, that he made. <clears throat> uh, next, uh, he also defined or laid out the comparisons from now and then for Again, with that, the idea of uh, rite of passage into society and you know, emerging adulthood, uh, for the percentage of people who completed school are financially independent, they leave home, are married, have children, etc. He said in 1960, 70%, 77% of women fit in that category, and 65% of men fit in that category. In 2010, 13% of women fall into that category, 10% of men fall into that category. So, as the as time has gone on, as we've gone through the generations, 
coming into adulthood and taking on responsibilities and, and hitting those milestones um, at uh, you, know, you know throughout your life, it's it's been kind of pushed back more and more. It's it, I think it was kind of a sobering uh, sobering statistic, uh, you know, to think about that. And what, one of the reasons why he said that it is likely to be is that, um, and and has has kind of set a lot of you know perceptions of the world and attitudes is when you're emerging into adulthood, particularly when you're you know, graduating high school and graduating college, and you are getting into a career, you're getting married, starting a family, that kind of thing. Boomers and millennials were fortunate enough that when they hit that point in their life, they graduated into healthy economies. And so, you know, the boomers were graduating in, you know, in the, in the early 80s when things started to take off under Reagan. Millennials, they started, you know, to, you know graduating and taking off when the economy was rebounding in the 2000s, where we Gen Xers, we were fortunate enough to be graduating, coming of age right on the front end of a tech bubble. And Gen Z, likewise, you know, we're, we're coming of age you know, recently when you know, the economy is, is kind of sputtering and, and stammering a little bit, particularly with the recent pandemic and, and the fears surrounding that. And so that has tended to shape a lot of uh, pers- perspective and and. And, and color the experience of each of the generations. Uh, next, he talked about uh, gender identity. Gender, yeah, we don't want to talk about gender identity. Generational identity, and the perception of of those outside the generation tend to be not surprising, somewhat negative, and and they put sort of negative labels on it. So, for example, the boomers. The label that's slapped on them is hippies, you know, the kind of, you know, peace and love and happy-go-lucky and not taking responsibility for anything. But the boomers are, they most identify um, themselves with work and career. You know, their, you know, their parents were those who, you know, they had a, a career where they worked with, in one place for their whole life and things were fairly stable. You know, boomers by and large have one maybe two different careers in in their lifetime but they they tend to work and have a lot of of uh company loyalty and and that really you know defines them and and who they are uh we gen xers of course as we have always been defined as slackers and that's sort of the pejorative that's given to us and i i some of us, I think, we tend to take that as a little bit of a badge of honor, because you know, it's you know I think it means something a little bit differently to us than it means to others, and you know, so be it. But he said that we Gen Xers are, tend to be very, very independent. He also said we tend to be closet entrepreneurs, and that you know we have we'll have at least you know three to four different uh, careers and in, in, in several changes in our careers and in, in our in our lifetime, and in that each of us kind of have. And this kind of secret desire to kind of venture out and do our own thing, and and I I thought that was interesting because I know I I for one fit into that, and I, and those I've talked to of our peers tend to to have that same thing, and he said that kind of as such, you know, being independent and and willing to take different opportunities that we Gen Xers were essentially designed for the pandemic, you know, because we are are good at at flexibility. And we have responsibilities, you know, at home that that we tend to put our focus in, whether it's caring for our children, caring for our parents. 
Um, but we have you know, a lot of focus and concerns and priorities that, unlike the boomers, are not our company and our career, and we are not defined by that. You know, we're de- that's more of a, a means to an end. You know, we we work to live, not live to work, which is the, almost the polar opposite of, of the boomers. Uh, he said we're also good at not com- not complaining. You know, that we tend to go with the flow and and we tend to fly under the radar. And we're cool with that. You know, so I started off saying you're the Jan Brady of, of generations, and I think that's true. But at the same time, you know, we don't really want that, uh, you know, that, that uh, notice from, from the outside. We don't want, you know, eyeballs on us. We don't want attention. You know, we're, we're, as, as much as that irritates us, we're also uh, cool with it. And it's really kind of all we know, but, you know, we're, we're, totally, uh, we're totally okay with it. Millennials, you know, the, the label that's uh, slapped on them is they are entitled. And if you've interacted with any of those or have any you know, family or friends who are millennials, I think that is something that it, experience that everybody shares or a perspective that everybody shares looking at them, but that they are also the largest and most vocal uh, generation when compared to boomers and, and Gen X. They're the first sort of global citizens, you know, where, you know, we, you know, grew up during the Cold War, the boomers post-World War II, everything was a little bit more local, whereas boomers or uh, millennials grew up with, you know, the internet's exploding and and their view is is much more global than than the rest of us, and, and they also are are probably the most competitive of uh, the other generations. Gen Z, you know, their label's a little bit uh, to be determined. They're only you know, beginning, starting to you know graduate and, and and begin their their careers and and come into the workplace, and so that's a little bit uh, kind of learning on the fly and to adapt to them um, as as time goes on, but they tend to be a lot more similar to their Gen X counterparts than, than the rest. Now they, they also tend to crave independence, you know, like us Gen Xers, but it, he mentioned that, you know, like, um, like us Gen Xers, you know, we were the first generation as, as he explained the, who taught downward. And what he means by that is when, you know, like they're the boomers and when they're in a, a career and they're learning something and they're figuring out their troubleshooting and they find a solution and or some kind of innovation to something you know their first you know, inclination is to take it to their boss and and to you know find ways to inter- integrate that into their into their company and into their work and to make their company stronger but we gen xers uh we we buck that trend and you know we would take that knowledge and we'd go elsewhere and teach that to to others, either peers or to you know, those who didn't have as much experience with us, and as he defined, we, we taught downward, and that was the uh, tech boom, right? So we we took these these new emerging technologies, kind of made it our own, and rather than keeping that insular within our company, we kind of created our own thing. Again, as he was saying before, we are those closet entrepreneurs, and Gen Z is is um, picking up a little bit of of that, uh, of that tendency. So interesting as far as that generational identity. Next, switching gears, the generational incongruence. So boomers, again, you know, they tend to be, you know, slapped as the label of being the hippies, but, um, there's also this kind of dichotomy of the incongruence between the hippies and also being authority figures. 
you know they like their their power they like their um authority and they they move up and in, in in their company and they they get their positions and they hold onto that like grim death because their identity is really wrapped in their work it's wrapped up in their the company that they work for and as such they crave and demand loyalty and and if somebody wants to look elsewhere and and think of something different they they take that uh, very very personally uh, we Gen Xers, um, again, with the label of slackers, uh, the congruence there is that versus natural growth. You know, we we do, uh, we we tend to just tolerate authority. You know, we do not like authority, but we tolerate it. And, you know, we go with the flow with that. But, you know, we want to, you know, grow on our own. We want that to be natural. Um, you know, we, we're not necessarily, you know, the slackers that, that as we get labeled at, but, you know, we want to kind of progress and, and grow on our own. And as we are, as parents, we tend to not interfere as much. You know, the boomers tend to be those helicopter parents uh, of their you know, sweet, charming little millennial kids, but we tend to not interfere as much. And we tend to use the Socratic method um, in, in teaching our kids, uh, which is certainly a vast difference from, from our boomer counterparts. Uh, millennials, you know, again, they're the entitled. They're the ones who grew up as, you know, being helicoptered. Um, but they're more uh, focused. The dichotomy there is con- is concerted cultivation. So, on one hand, they are very entitled, but on the other hand, they're more outwardly focused. They tend to gravitate towards causes and finding some grand meaning into something. Um, and, and you know that uh, the incongruence there is versus the entitlement. Gen Z, um, he mentioned them as far as co-piloting. So they're kind of, they're going along, they're assisting those that they're working with and, and kind of learning on uh, the fly. But again, their, their label is still undefined. All right. And last uh, is the breaking everyone into different cohort groups or what the cohort groups are for each generation. The boomers, as we mentioned before, you know, they grew up in the post-war boom. So, um, you know, they're used to uh, peace. They're used to prosperity. Um, You know, it's, you know, that wealth effect, you know, and they're used to joining, you know, so they want to join into their, their companies. They want to, you know, be part of that, that grander organization. Um, And, you know, such, they're very resistant to a hybrid workplace. You know, they, they want you know people to you know come in and be there in, in the office. They want to see them there because that's what they knew. That was their rite of passage. That's what they grew up with. That's what they know. They they put the value in those relationships that you make in person at work because they grew up with who you know, right? And fostering those relationship and networking is is really one of their strengths and and leveraging you know those relationships and and who they know. Kind of along that same line, who you know, they, they as far as uh, who they aspire to, um, they aspire to the mythic hero. Because you look at th- those that they look up to when they were kids, and they were all kind of those mythic figures, like, you know, the baseball players at the time in, in the heyday, like, uh, you know, Jackie Robinson for the younger ones, but... Uh, Joe DiMaggio uh, and so on. They, 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 those were their heroes. Or 
the the astronauts is if, as the space race was heating up and they were exploring new territory new re- territories in space you know the John Glenns and Alan Shepard and uh, you know the, those were their heroes you know growing up you know they aspired to be these these mythic figures and so and kind of as as such it, fostering those those loyalties and and being loyal to their their company uh, they tend to want to, you know, have someone pick a side, right? You're either on my side or you're not on my side. And if you're on my side, you get my loyalty. If not, then, you know, you're somewhat an ag- adversary. And so they, they consider that as part of that uh, process, you need to sacrifice in order to, to help them, you know, to, to be included. You need to, to do, to do your, put in your dues or pay your dues and, and put in that time and, and, and sacrifice to become part of the team. And, and like I said before, they demand loyalty, you know, because that, that's what they showed. That's what they expect to have. That's the process they're used to and comfortable with. And um, and there you go. Uh, Gen Xers, you know, we we uh, came of age during, you know, stagflation and downsizing and economic compression. And so, you know, there's a, a bit of, you know, cynicism that, you know, comes out of that. Um, but we were also the first technologists, and um, as you see, all the the benefits that come from that. But there's also a bit of an, an erosion of trust. You know, we do not, uh, as as Gen Xers, um, we do not trust those through technology to do right with our data and our identities. We want to keep those things private. You know, we we don't trust. Uh, you know, technology as far as the intrusion into, into our lives. Um, what we uh, have felt is important. Um, we were very free ranging. We were self-reliant uh, and we've developed a habit of privacy. You know, we, we, we were lucky enough to go through our adolescence and in early adulthood and making all those stupid mistakes and doing the dumb things we did, you know, they were not documented, you know, like they are now today. We didn't have these ubiquitous devices that took pictures and recorded every moment and, and, and recorded it on online for the whole world to see forever. You know, we found our own way. We made our own mistakes and, and we tripped through it and, and uh, we were okay with that. Um, but we're also very good at separating our public life from our private life. Yeah, you know, that's something that you know, I've I've caught a lot of heat for in the past. You know, my my wife was was often very much not thrilled with me coming home and not wanting to, you know, vomit my day back on and talk about in excruciating detail everything that that went on that day. You know, for me, work is work, home is home, and those two are very different. And never the twain shall meet, and as they say. You know, I, I have my work phone that I keep and, and use to, for meetings and, and being in contact when needed, you know, for my boss and those on my team. But I also have my personal phone and I do not do personal things on, on my work phone and I do not do work things on my personal phone. Those are very, very separate and distinct. And apparently that is not unusual from the rest of you Gen Xers. We, we like to keep those two parts of our life very, very separate. Uh, we are also um, 
want the unvarnished truth, right? We don't want people to sugarcoat things. We don't want them to dance around things. We want them to just give us the truth. And 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 he mentioned in, in the context of like, say, performance reviews, we're very, very skeptical of the sort of tried and true method of kind of hitting on a couple of, of of compliments and good points and then getting to a lot of the criticism. And as, as we've gone through that process, we tend to see those uh, compliments and, and pumping up our strengths as being sort of trite and, and not sincere and really just sort of a setup for, you know, some bland uh, you know, criticism. And it's, you know, it's not something that, uh, that we take too kindly though. As far as our heroes are concerned, in stark contrast to the boomers, our heroes were not those mythic figures, but they were more heroes we knew. You know, so whereas you know boomers, their heroes were athletes and celebrities and astronauts. For us Gen Xers, our heroes were our parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and teachers and people that we knew and interacted with. And appreciated their example and wanted to emulate that and and uh, become like them. So it was, you know, the heroes that that we knew. Uh, we also uh, take time to open up. You know, we tend to undershare. You know, we we don't want to give too much. You know, we hold back uh, some things and and we, we we're not just this you know, f- you know free book. Like I said, well, I, I don't like to come home from work and you know, vomit up my day. You know, I, I I'm, I'm not one to overshare. And lastly, us Gen Xers, we are realists, and we will tell the truth. You know, for me, that's something that's always been a strength and a weakness kind of at the same time. You know, I I tend to be very candid, tend to be very honest, and that tends to not always be taken the best way, particularly if I'm dealing with a boomer or even, you know, millennial. Um, they, they tend to not like that blind blind truth, you know, hitting them between the eyes with with what we think. They, They... don't necessarily want to be told what we think. They want to be told what they want to hear. Millennials. Uh, Millennials were, as he said, they were raised in what he called a bubble of love. They were embraced. You know, millennials were that, that generation of, of kids that were told how great they were. You know, they, they were those kids who would bring home a bad report card and where you know boomers and millennials would get an earful from our parents, uh, millennials that they didn't have that experience. They would get something bad on their report card, and their parents would come in and and chew out the teacher for their their bad report card. You know they they were embraced. They were constantly told how great they were, how amazing they were, and and how special they were. And 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 that's uh, you know they they grew up with with being puffed up you know like that. And unlike us Gen Xers, they were never left alone. Um, you know, and they um, had a you know, sort of digital diffusion because they were they grew up during the boom of the of the internet, and um, they became very time and place agnostic. Right, so they'll they're willing to do anything at any time in any place um, because those boundaries for them were were uh, were broken up. They were also uh, that generation who were the children who moved from the card table to the dinner table, right? So whereas in Thanksgiving, we, we had that kids table, you know, for us kids and the adults were amongst themselves. The millennials were brought in and included as the adults. And, you know, so they, they tended to think very highly 
of themselves. Um, and, and they grew up with some big dreams and big aspirations. You know, they're the ones who aspire to be an actor or an actress or an author. And, and they're willing to tear down anything around them in order to achieve that, whether it's their families, their marriages, or, or whatever. They, there is nothing sacred that they would not give up in order to meet their aspirations and their dreams. Um, but also they, they, they tend to be inter- interdependent you know, because they were not left alone and you know, they're constantly being built up. They tend to be very codependent and, and need people around them you know, as, a, as a safety blanket for them and, and to continue to tell them how great and special and wonderful that they are. But they also grew up in a lot of diversity and have a very strong sense of social responsibility and and are very very cause driven you know they want to make sure that whatever they're doing whatever they're supporting you know supports a cause that they believe in and and can support and and you know they they don't want to have the thought that they are you know supporting some business or some movement that uh goes against their delicate sensibilities and lastly gen z you know they've grown up with knowing nothing but the iPhone and Facebook and Twitter and and you know, having that constant connection you know, to people around them, even to people that they don't know, you know they have that strong sense of FOMO, right? That fear of missing out. Uh, they because they are constantly connected and dialed in with with everyone around them. They favor equity and inclusion, and. Uh, want to be that curated self they they are very good at the side hustle you can compare that to the boomers where the boomers demand that that company fidelity that loyalty uh gen z you would have that have that loyalty but at the same time you know they are cool with the side hustle you know having that that small gig that thing that they do on the side that that's fun for them they can bring in a little bit extra um that's you know something that they don't shy away from so that is the end of my notes. So I I found that a very interesting discussion. I found that, that you know, for the most part, there wasn't anything earth-shattering or anything that I hadn't thought before. That There wasn't anything that I hadn't heard before, but kind of packaged in the way that it was. I found it very interesting and very helpful and useful from a professional standpoint. But then you know, I also thought that you fellow Gen Xers would appreciate that as well. And also... To be honest, it was a refreshing change of pace for me to put this together and, and to talk about these things rather than the constant nonsense and politics that we get bogged down with in our water cooler talk you know, from day to day and from week to week. All right. So with that, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the transitioning into fall. And I hope things are well in your corner of the Gen X universe. So... I will see you next time. Shout out to Mr. Cotter. Until then, whatever. <laughs>